Hello, everyone, and welcome to the great American Film Off. Woo! I'm here with my pal Crosby. Crosby, how are you doing? Oh, Dylan, it's good to see your face. I it's like always good to see shirt. yours as well. Thank you. I, I love your little uh, floral Hawaiian-y island I try my best. Um, <laughs> it, it goes well with the hair, and it goes well with what's going on outside, which is a, it looks like a tropical storm out my window, uh, but go. it is not. I'm not on the coast, but it feels like one. It's just very windy like and loud and rainy, but um, I guess it, it, it sometimes uh, segues us right into our show, I guess, because we are here to have a pretty uh, determined battle ourselves a thunderous oh, yes. battle if you will um, pull out our forces and face off you know that's right <laughs> uh, pull off our horses maybe from america maybe from britain maybe from somewhere else in the world because we are talking to world leaders this week um inspired yeah. by the fourth of july and we didn't want to make it so confined to presidents we decided to do a show exactly. about um world leaders in general and how the show works is we will set a topic we will break down into a rubric five points and we will debate our points we'll each pick a film um and then whoever wins each rubric point the first of three wins the film off and i believe the last film off for movie musicals singing in the rain i took it away with it um it was very close Correct. but i did win my battle so a deserved win <laughs> thank you um against west side story i don't know if you can hear the thunder if not i can hear it but um it's yeah, angry about west side the thunder story agrees <laughs> uh see i think it agrees with singing in the rain but if you want to look at it that way crosby um so yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun i won the last one so crosby will have his first pick for this Thank uh God. subject but before we get into the movies themselves crosby why don't you just break down what our rubric was for this very oh. fun fourth of july topic Right. So as always, we have our five rubric points. This specifically is what is the best movie about a world leader? Yeah. And that can be any country, uh, king, mm -hmm. queen, president. Exactly. Anybody, it, it, you know, we're generous. We'll let it count. Um, <laughs> so number one rubric point, very important, the performance of said leader. You know, almost all these movies have a somewhat, you know, lovely and confined name. It sort of right. describes the character in question. So how is that titular character's performance? It's very important. We've got two, historical accuracy, which we hope for, but uh, we cannot always achieve. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, real world impact, which is important as these are all world leaders who did something worthy of making a movie about them. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we're not necessarily looking at the impact of the world leader itself, but the movie and how well it reflects the impact that that person had. And, you know, if it's a good representation, like some movies are meant to kind of take down a leader, uh, yeah, you know, make exactly. a leader look bad, and some are meant to make him look good. So it's really just on how that translates with the whole world impact. 100%. The Mantelpiece Award, which is, uh, you know... What kind of ward buzz was there about this film? Oh, my God. You know, Dylan's showing us his Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan is showing us the Oscar he won for La La Land. For for my theater project junior production of Susical in August 2013. That is Dude, what that that's is that's amazing. 2013 so. was a wild year for the Oscars. So, you know, <laughs> congratulations to you. It was, yeah. So this, this is, you know, this is pretty self-explanatory. This is uh, how many awards did it win, basically? Or what was the buzz that surrounded it? And then, of course, to close off, as we always do, the, the constant checks mix scale of course yeah how rewatchable is it can we how sit down and watch this over and over or is it a three-hour slog like some of these are <laughs> <laughs> and we of course at the end we'll talk about your choices as to what you guys said on the poll uh and then we'll tease next week's show it's gonna be a lot of fun um Woo! crosby you lost the last one unfortunately but west side story you gave a good effort but why don't you tell us what your 
pick for the best movie about a world leader is? Oh, so thank you, Dylan. Uh, I, I had to do a bit of thinking, you know, because this is a broad category spread over so many cultures with so, with so many traditions of filmmaking. I looked at a couple of pictures, but eventually I really had to go back to the one that initially popped into my head because I just couldn't find anything else that topped it. I'm going to be going with Gandhi. Nice. 1982's Gandhi starring Ben Kingsley. Very it good is choice. just one of those movies where you finish it and you know a lot more about the world than you did when you started. Mm-hmm. And I think that that can't really be overemphasized for, uh, for this category. Um, but I just had to give it to Ben and I had to give it to the excellent script and the fullness of the story, the wonderful supporting roles. How about you, Dill? What, what film did you end up scrounging up or did I just, you did not take my pick. your film away. You, you did not take my pick. Uh, it was on my list of like movies I was toying around with, but um, I will get to when we talk about the mantelpiece award because I have some reasons why I didn't pick Gandhi that are specific to exactly that category. Okay. Um, but I went with something much newer uh, because you know a lot of biopics that are a little older. Uh, sometimes, you know, they're more epic. They're harder to sit through True. just for time reasons and stuff. Uh, but one that came out a few years ago, I just immediately loved because it didn't really tell the whole life story of one individual, but rather a very specific point in their lives. Um, I wanted to uh, take it a seas to Britain, uh, take it all the way to uh, the uh, the lovely castle of, I don't know what century, I have to look it up, but uh, <laughs> I, I went with the lovely Queen Anne and I went with the favorite by Yorgos Lanthimos, wow. starring Olivia nice. Coleman, Rachel Weiss, and Emma Stone. Uh, you know, we'll talk about it when we get to historical accuracy, but it's very much more focused on the actual romance and love triangle of these three women at the time. But it is about a world leader. Queen Absolutely. Anne was a world leader. It counts. She's a real world leader. It's not even like a stretch. So that is what no, I'll be fighting. Uh, Olivia Coleman versus Ben Kingsley, which is something wow, I'd love to juicy. see in real life. <laughs> <laughs> That's a juicy wrestling match right yeah. there. Um, oh, have cool. you seen it? You've seen The Favorite? Yes, I have. Okay. Excellent. And I've seen Gandhi, and it is also excellent. So oh. this will be a fun film off. Uh, it's always good to make sure we've seen these movies, because, you know. Yes, it, it, it would... never hurts. <laughs> right. Um, were there Before we move on, were there any you were toying around with also? Uh, or was so, this kind of your pick from the get-go? I thought the first movie that popped in my head was Gandhi, because mm-hmm. it's just one of my, like, all-time favorite world leader films. I, um, you know... There were, there were ones that danced through my head. Braveheart has some excellent scope. It's a beautiful movie, but yeah. it's, it, to me, it's not as important as Gandhi. Mm-hmm. Um, the Iron Lady is an incredible performance. Uh, you know, I I actually have a bit of a soft spot in my heart for the Liam Neeson film, Michael Collins, where he nice. plays a, yeah. a revolutionary leader of Ireland. Um, there are a lot of really incredible ones out there, but end of the day, I had to go with with the big G. You know, well, yeah. how about you? Did you have some others? You were yeah, toying around with? I was I was toying around with Gandhi. Uh, my backup yeah. was the King's Speech. I really like that movie. It's, oh, it's I love aged, the King's Speech. It's yeah. aged not as well as some of the other movies of that time, but I still still think it's a very good movie. It's That's just excellent. you know, I think Best Picture winner does kind of degrade it a little bit because there were other good movies it was up against, like Social Network, Inception. Um, True. That and then a, I also that was a good year though. Yeah, I also toyed around with a few president movies, of course, JFK uh, yeah. and Jackie, which is not about 
JFK himself oh, and about sure. his wife. But I did stop, shy away from it because it's not about the world leader himself, course, but rather yeah. his wife. But I do think it's a beautiful film in Natalie Portman. But anyway, let's get into these performances. Olivia Coleman, Ben Kingsley, oh. the performance of these said leaders. Crosby, why don't you take us away first with Ben Kingsley? Wow. Um, okay, so uh, to me, there are really three things that make this performance so incredible. Uh, let me just preface this by saying I don't know if there is another performance in film that is as hard for these reasons. Mm -hmm. The number one reason is that it is a real person. Uh, and this applies to all the people we're talking about. But when you're playing a real person, particularly if you're playing a real person from a time when photography and film were a thing that existed, then there is a certain pressure on you to behave in the way that that individual behaved from the recordings we can see of them. Mm -hmm. So that, I think, is the first hurdle, which he just yeah. clears. Opposed to, like, Lincoln, where, like, we don't have exactly. any evidence except for written scriptures, so he could really kind of invent the persona and the voice. Exactly. Not to say that it's not difficult, but I will say I think it makes it easier for the actor right. to say, mm -hmm. well, I will just do this much filling in myself. Um, the second thing is that it involves a dialect which changes. It mm -hmm. is so hard to do a good dialect but it is so much harder to start a dialect in a certain place and then play it through to the end. He starts as a lawyer who has a very strong British accent and he sounds like a part of the establishment because that is what we as an audience goer assume when we hear someone with a very proper British accent. Mm -hmm. By the end of the film, he has a very thick um, Indian brogue and it is truly remarkable because you can still hear some of the same vowel sounds and you can tell that it is the same human being, but you are able to see through this deep change in one of the most basic traits about a human, the deep kind of change that Gandhi himself goes on throughout the course of the film. Mm -hmm. Last thing is that journey that he takes throughout the course of the film. It is so difficult to play a character who we see go from a young man to a very old man. And I think that it really can't be understated how with so many roles, um, it just in order to really tell the story effectively, they focus on a very specific incident, 13 days, right? It is about JFK. More specifically, it's about the Cuban Missile Crisis. Right. And it frames it in a way where it makes the story easier to tell. But the great thing about Gandhi is it's just like, no, no, no. We're just going to do it all. <laughs> yeah. And from the very beginning, there's actually a wonderful little chunk of opening text that basically infers, you know, here's the thing. Mahatma Gandhi had a life that spanned so long. He made so many incredible uh, decisions and so many changes to the governments of the world. We couldn't tell that whole story if we tried. Mm -hmm. Three yeah. hours is not enough. <laughs> but they, they, they say that right at the start. So, you know, going into it, you're going to see a journey. But the convincing aspect of that journey really blows me away every time, yeah. even this time when I watched it. Yeah. I mean, he's just one of our best actors, period. I mean, everything Truly. he does uh, turns to gold. Uh, honestly, so no. yeah, honestly, it's going to be hard to argue against it, but I mean, Olivia Coleman, she uh, was someone who was well known, but I feel like now she's more of a superstar because she has the queen or the crown, the, yeah. the, queen, the crown. No, no, um, totally. She's got other movies now, the Broad father, yeah, things Broadchurch, Yeah. Upper belt now, but the favorite was really what kind of brought in the limelight 
And in a movie where you have Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone, who are both very, very famous actresses, yes. and yeah. she's she's able to come in here and steal the show from both of them and just stand out as the standout of this film. I remember early talks during Oscars. We'll get into it a little bit later, but uh, yeah. she was talked to be um, up for maybe supporting. But then as soon as people started seeing the movie, they're like, no, we got to get her in for lead. And they're like, yeah, she's not, she's not going to win lead because she's just not a well-known name. And she did. And I think it's because... Yeah. Her performance is just so good. And it's interesting because Gandhi, it's like, it's a span of so much time. So you have yes. so much different areas to navigate. Whereas this one's a very specific period of time. It's her dying. It's her falling in love or, or lust. You don't even know if it's love or lust. And totally, it's, yeah. it's, it's really honing in on the most vulnerable part of Queen Anne's life. Uh, mm. and, and that kind of um, trickery and the, and the backstabbingness and the, the, totally, you yeah, know, the friendships intrigue. and the, yeah, exactly. Um, so I think it's a much harder job. Uh, to portray the more um, sensitive hurting Queen Anne than the regal queen Queen Anne because yeah. you know anyone can be the regal king or queen you know you see Jonathan Groff do it and Hamilton sure. comes out and just <laughs> has, all he has to do is just do this and everyone just falls in love with him but it's like exactly, here yeah. it's like you have to really you know hit those vulnerable moments and that's what she does so well um, and then those moments where she is more regal she does get to lash out and it's a lot of it's just so much fun watching her just kind of like berate all these little servants in her <laughs> castle just like don't look at me don't look at me look away from me like just yeah. screaming at them and it, it's so uh, just captivating to watch and like I said with this ensemble to be able to stand out in an ensemble this strong it is a really good testament to her performance, especially as someone who is lesser known uh, and now to be a superstar because of this movie. Uh, and Yorgos Landimos, his, his performances in his past two movies are very kind of subtle, very one note. Mm -hmm. They're layered, but not like they're not too showy. So to have sure. a movie about a period piece with a queen who is very, very you know personality crazy. She has so many different personalities Definitely. to be able to still kind of get capture that stillness and bleakness that his other movies have also encompassed is, is really it's nice. Impressive. So, yeah. I just think she shows so much in just such a little period of time, but it's hard to go up against Ben Kingsley because it's <laughs> such a span of time that he's covering. And um, this was, I mean, I don't think this was the role that made him a breakout star, but this was the role he was most remembered for, especially at the time yeah. before like Schindler's List and all those movies. And came it out. brought him, you know, it kind of, it, it brought him to the, to the world stage in a real way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think every actor has that role they're born to play. And I yeah. think Ben Kingsley, it's absolutely Gandhi. Whereas Olivia Coleman, it might be this, but I feel like there might be something else down the line for her. Even the, the crown it could be yeah. said her as her role that she's been born to play. So I wouldn't, be opposed to giving it to Ben Kingsley here only because it's also had more time to kind of stand the test of time and still yeah. be such a powerful and emotional and amazing performance. It's but true. what do you think? I, I, you know, personally I have to give it to Ben because yeah. it just that, that range of time going from this, you know, witnessing his journey, number one, fighting against the injustice of mm. the world at that time. But then the second half of the film is really more, in my opinion, about Gandhi discovering what it is he wants for the world to be. Because mm -hmm. you fight really, it's kind of like the first, second act of Hamilton in a way, you know, you fight really hard to change the world, and then you're the one who's in the position of power or authority or influence. And you right. start to realize that your actions have a real uh, impact, you know, in a deep way. And I think that... Uh, between those two elements, I, I have to give it to them. Yep. So, Crosby, you're getting the first point there. Woo! One zip. 
Crosby are in the lead. Uh, it's time to make up some points, and I don't know if I'll do it here. Uh, historical <laughs> accuracy, um, which I'll start for first and foremost. Yorgos Landamos has outright said, some of the things in the film, I have his quote here, some of the things in the film are accurate, but a lot aren't. And I think that's because this is a movie diving into sexuality and uh, yes. different relationships that are not documented because it was not allowed. It was not accepted. Totally. And a lot of the movie plays into this whole idea that one of the characters, Sarah is blackmailing Queen Anne with these letters, these intimate letters of like mm -hmm. lust and, and sex and stuff that she literally holds over her head because if it gets out, that's her whole monarchy is, is it's just ruined exactly. um, because of this. And I think that um, already allows for a lot of interpretation so that side of the you know coin is obviously not historically accurate but i'd argue that it's even more honest because you know these are universal themes that can be seen through time like like love and lust and rivalry and vengeance and violence and uh, sabotage that's stuff that's always been around so even yeah. though it's not word for word what it was back then i think those themes are so universal that they're able to capture the best idea of what that would have been back then but again it's hard because there is no documented yeah. evidence yeah true well and also I, the thing that's that's tough about the favorite is you know like you're saying there isn't all that evidence mm -hmm. you know there, there isn't all that that stuff that we have on gandhi where we have the incredible time cover of him spinning at his loom you know we don't as much as he is a figure who is very distant in history, I would argue Mahatma Gandhi still looms as this enormous mm -hmm. part of what a society should be. Right. Um, in the same way that uh, Reverend Mar Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, mm -hmm. was that kind of a figure. And I think it is really important that the movie starts off by basically saying, we couldn't tell every story. We'd love mm -hmm. to, but we can't because this guy was too important. And right. right from the beginning, that is a nice little like storytelling aspect where you're, as an audience member, you're like, oh, okay, I gotta get ready because this guy was the shit, you know? And I think that uh, on the one hand, <laughs> because from doing the research, it is not a billion percent historically accurate, but the film of Gandhi, I think does a really impressive job of marrying the real dates and times and the dates of these revolutions and the salt, uh, you know, strikes and things like that, marrying them with this really excellent evocation mm -hmm. of Mahatma Gandhi's life. Yeah. In this way where he is present at almost every event, you know, of, of importance that seems to take place during this time period. It's something that reminds me almost vaguely of Trial of the Chicago 7. Yeah. Where a, a film that came out this year, where it is built around a real life event, but due to the excellence of the the excellence of the evocation from the script and the performances, you are carried along on this deep journey and story that really should be more personal, but becomes enormous and thematic in nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, as as much as I think your story has a lot more to cover, so you're obviously yeah. going to have to take liberties. Yours, at least, is for the most part accurate. Like it is, a, you know, what what is Gandhi's life? This is a right, very good exactly. way to teach people about Gandhi's life, and if not every beat for beat, at least the aura and what he meant to people. Right, and um, he was a lawyer whereas, in South Africa, and then he moved here, yeah. and then he moved, you know. So. Whereas this film is an interpretation of what we didn't see, so it's very hard exactly. to get this point. But 
I do think it does go to Gandhi, so I'm now battling two to zero. Well, you're an um, honest man, Dill. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to win historical accuracy. I mean, it's not like uh, when we did gangster films and we could be like, well, no, this is how the gangs really yeah. were, even though these <laughs> events are fiction. Like, exactly. this is completely nonfiction, but the crux of the film is fictionalized, or at least interpreted from what people believed of what the scholars have said about maybe her sexuality and her connection to yeah. Sarah Churchill. So, Which I, is, I I'm, think, a really clever idea for a film you know oh yeah something everyone thinks they know and make it a little more interesting oh yeah no like i I think that's why it's so brilliant but again for this rubric yeah right Um, yeah (laughs) yeah so now we'll talk about the real world impact like how it reflects the impact that this person had on society and just the overall impact that this film had on everyone so i think one of the big things about gandhi is um it is a a movie that that tried to feel accurate, um, which is something that I think we uh, occasionally overthink about modern day. Uh, but due to the fact that they had hundreds of thousands of people in this uh, in this film, <laughs> literally hundreds of thousands of people, and the lead role was played by a man who was partially of Indian descent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe there one of his, his parents is Indian. One of his parents is British. Exactly. Is so it? his father was of Indian descent, but his okay. father's also born in Kenya. So okay. the, there are some people who think that he's half Kenyan and half uh, British, okay. and some people say he's half Indian and half British. But to have that actor together with the size and the scope, I think that it, it really can't be overstated. You know, you, you have a leading actor of color who is portraying a character of color. And doing so in a way that is unabashedly humanist and unabashedly positive. Yeah. And, you know, I, it's not controversial to make a movie about Gandhi saying he's awesome in 2021. It's hmm. a little controversial to do that in 1982. Definitely. And I, I think that, you know, a little, hey, a little pat on the back for you guys, you know? I think, I, yeah. I, I think it's, you know, I think it's, and we'll get him more into the mantelpiece stuff in a second, but it had an impact. Yeah. Um, It's interesting because you say the same thing uh, about like in the 80s, how it was perceived, how nowadays it wouldn't be as controversial. I think the same thing for the favorite, even more so in the fact that like if this had been told in the 80s, no one would have made a movie. No one would have seen a movie about a queen who was a lesbian and was in love with these different ladies and this. Yeah, no, it wouldn't have happened. But I think nowadays that kind of stuff is being more accepted. We're allowed to now point out some of the flaws in some of the systems and like actually see these people as people and not just these royal figures that we feel like we have to idolize all the time. Like this is not a movie to idolize. This is a movie about a deep character piece about seeing people at their worst, at their breaking point, seeing how the turmoil that they face. And I think that's almost, I wouldn't really say more impactful. It's just a different type of impact because I think now going forward, we might see these more, uh, truthful biopics. I know I talked about Jackie earlier. That really plays yeah. with the psyche of someone who just went through a loss too. Like I like how when films can be like, yeah, this person was idolized by so many, but there's also all this other baggage that came with them and their stories. And again, taking historical accuracy away from it, just seeing you know someone of such high power just kind of crumble in tears and and have yeah. this you know horrible end of her life where she's just always wondering does she love me do i love her you know are they really on my side are they trying to yeah. kill me are they trying to backstab me there's i mean they poison each other the other girls you know they the shooting mm-hmm. scene where they're shooting different things in the air and there's that underlying subtext of like 
just staring them down while they shoot the birds out of the sky. It's like so harrowing and, and yeah. dense and dark. And I hope more movies, more period pieces really dive into that. I mean, I saw Emma, the Jane Austen novel adaptation, and it was oh, nice, yeah. but it was a very, you know, sweet period piece. And it's like, mm. we don't get a lot of period pieces that are dressed up to be all sweet. Like all the costumes are nice and lavish, and right. you know, bright, sunny skies and fresh cut grass, but there's all this really deep, passionate dark subtext like usually it's all about yeah. the happy jolly oh we're in london and we're happy and we're drinking right. tea. yeah this exactly. is very much the polar opposite it's like a wolf in sheep's clothing so which i really really like and i hope more films are following this lead in in terms of period pieces and making those i think that's a really good point actually i i think especially what you're saying about how when you take a, a leader who is you know someone like a monarch and you and you actually force someone in the audience to say this was a person right <laughs> you know yeah and someone who's not as well known as gandhi either like gandhi it's like yeah. gandhi's gonna make an impact if you read about him in a book like you make him on screen and it's brought to life but at the same time queen anne i didn't know who queen anne was i didn't know much about her life yeah. and seeing it i think that made a bigger impact on queen anne than the gandhi movie made on him although it was very impactful you know i you know, I, I think both made different impacts, but one on an impact of someone who just wasn't impactful in anyone's lives. Yeah. Um, but again, the impact might be a little less because she is a darker, not as likable person. So <laughs> it's true. I, you know, I think that honestly, that one point that you made, I, I, I'm going to give it to you on this one, because I think that that one point that you made is really wise where it's like, God, while Gandhi is, it's an incredible performance. It's layered. It's this and it's that. <clears throat> Gandhi <laughs> he was a flawed person, but like in the grand scheme of things, he was pretty much always working to right. stop human suffering. <laughs> like it's hard to get too mad at that guy, you know, but I think that with Queen Anne and favorite, you really have to deal with, wow, this person made a lot of mistakes and this person did certain things that I might not do, but they're a person. Mm -hmm. And, I am witnessing a person with the power of a monarch deal with deep depression. Yeah. That can be really affecting and really effective. And 100%. I honestly, I also just have to say, Olivia Coleman is just a powerhouse. Like she's just a powerhouse of an actor, yeah. truly just an incredible, incredible yeah. performer. Cool. So I'm getting the first Take point it. on my <laughs> side, but uh, I mean, again, it's still an uphill battle because the next one is the Mantelpiece Award. Uh, Crosby, tell me, actually, why don't I start? Because my, my hill is a little start, smaller start. than yours, I'd say. Um, <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine Oscars this was nominated for. And unfortunately, the favorite only won one. But in a year where everyone said, Glenn Close, this is going to be her year where she wins the Oscar. She was sure, nominated she for wins. The Wife. The Wife, you know, a movie no one saw, but I mean, I saw it. But, but everyone loved. <laughs> everyone loved the, the the Glenn Close and the idea of her finally winning her Oscar. She's exactly. sitting there on uh, Oscar night and the camera zooming in on both of them because, you know, or I my eyes were zooming in on yeah, both of them. because yeah. Olivia Coleman was the very dark horse. Even Lady Gaga was up for Star is Born that year, That's but it was like right. really between. Wow. It was really Glenn Close's to lose. There was no other possibility. And then they read Olivia Coleman's name. <laughs> And you just see everyone, like even Olivia Coleman, she can't believe it. And she's on stage, yeah, she's course. flustered, she's she's just cannot believe it. And I think that just in even though it only won one of nine awards, Olivia Coleman winning that award is one of my favorite wins of all time because of just the pure shock. Because again, she's not a big name at that point. And I mm. even think now she's still getting her name, but she's 
not this huge name where everyone's like, oh, it's Olivia Coleman, it's her time. It's like, no, right. it's Glenn Close's time. And even Lady Gaga, her first role, but it was Lady right. Gaga. She's a superstar. She just won her best song yeah, award earlier in the night. Star, um, Melissa McCarthy was up for uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me? True, the same Can You Ever Forgive well. Me? That's right. So like even some people were saying, yeah, some people were saying maybe she should have won it, but it's uh, Olivia Coleman who wins this award. She's frazzled and she's just has one of the most loving speeches it's just so oh, amazing and i think that win was just so exciting and the film didn't win anything else because again i think even though it is now more accepted to have these types of stories it is still mm-hmm. polarizing and you know True. in a year where uh you know original screenplay went of course to black Klansman, like of course yes. because you know spike lee needed his award and you know yeah it well deserved and best picture went i think to green book that year which i don't yeah, necessarily agree with but you know a lot of people felt connected to that best director alfonso cuaron another beloved person in the academy so like yeah it was always up there but it just never really got those awards but it's nominated for everything best picture director actress two awards for supporting actress the whole trio got nominated mm. uh original screenplay cinematography costume editing and then production design so it really got pretty much nominations in every category that it could have and i think that's a testament to the movie it didn't win them all though so i think that does work against it but i do think that one win is so important yeah because she came out of nowhere dethroned glenn close who still hasn't won she didn't win for hillbilly elegy either so right (laughs) it sucks that she hasn't won but it's also exciting to see the underdog win so i think just the fact that she came in there where it was supposed to win zero awards and she wins one award and it's the award that everyone thought was locked up with glenn close i think that's a lot to say um and that's a really nice trophy for this to have i mean i'm looking through some of the other just different awards it was always up for different critics awards the bath does is really where it cleaned up that's the british film academy of course it got screenplay there (laughs) Rachel Vice won Best Supporting. Olivia Coleman did win there. Won Best British Film, Best Production Design, Costume Design, Makeup Design. Like they really loved it in Britain. So they loved uh, it. <laughs> maybe maybe that's they where all I'll, knew who Queen Anne was. That's where I'll kind of forge my uh, battle for the 100%. point there is with the BAFTA Awards. But tell me about Gandhi. <laughs> so well, Gandhi won eight Oscars. Um, <laughs> there are not, you know, I. I didn't even realize it, it had won that many. I mean, best uh, best picture, best actor in a leading role, obviously, best director for Richard Attenborough, best screenplay, best cinematography, best art direction, best costume design, best film editing. And then it was also nominated for best sound, best music, best makeup. Wow. So just Gandhi was nominated for mm-hmm. like 11 Oscars. Yeah. And... On the one hand, I have to say, yes, it won all of those and deserved those. On the other hand, I have to say, the number one in the 80s, you're not dealing with as much competition as you are modern day. That's just the way it is. And number two, this movie was, I would argue, it's awards fodder. It is the 80s equivalent of awards fodder. You know, mm-hmm. if you were to make a movie today that you wanted to win a lot of awards, you'd make The Favorite, or you'd make mm-hmm. Promising Young Woman. You'd make mm-hmm. a movie that was very edgy, that had a lot of themes that people would, would uh, right. you know, latch on sounds negative, but would latch on to and would yeah. feel strongly about. But if you were in the 80s or the 70s and you wanted that kind of acclaim, you were going to make something epic and huge. Mm-hmm. And I already made, you know, the, I already said, you know, like it's, it's, you know, had hundreds of thousands of extras, but truly it had hundreds of thousands of extras. Like I can't imagine 
a hundred thousand dollars in a room. Like, can you imagine right. hundreds of thousands of people all over and you've got to get a camera and you've got to <laughs> record these people? Like, my yeah. God. Mm. But, but I think that that really, to me, that really works in favor of the film. Mm. It works in favor of those awards because there are times where you say, you know what? They busted their ass to get this to look mm-hmm. the way that it does. Yeah. Like the Lord of the Rings movies. You're like, yeah. this took a lot of work. It's an epic. I'm yeah, that's glad a definition. they got one. You yeah. know, like I'm glad there was a year. <laughs> I'll tell you, Crosby, though, of all the 80s years to have competition, I do think this is some pretty stiff competition. And I mentioned earlier that when I didn't pick Gandhi, it was because I have a little wow. grudge against Gandhi. The Let's reason I have it. a grudge against Gandhi is because I love E.T. and it beat E.T. for the Oscar. Okay, so, you're, so, see, this is this is where I'm going to take some umbrage with you, Dylan. Oh. E.T. is an incredible film, but I don't know if you can say E.T. deserves best picture. Well, I don't know, a lot of, but you know what? That's also just, I have to say, that's just a me thing. Like, a lot right. of people, E.T. is like their movie. Well, and also, I just think in terms of what we talk about today, I think we talk about E.T. a lot more. And even Tootsie oh, was sure. nominated as well. And it's not obviously going to be a Best Picture winner, but it's one of the best comedies made of that era. And um, it all beats Star Wars. Sometimes right. crazy so, shit happens. <laughs> right. Um, that's the biggest robbery for me. Uh, but, oh, yeah, it's, can't yeah, be talking um, about it. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, but I, I will argue, though, E.T. has had such a great legacy that that... Mm-hmm. That is why I didn't pick it was because I was also salty. I was like, oh, I wish E.T. had won. But for this point and this rubric point, the fact that it beat E.T., Tootsie, The Verdict, you know, these are movies made by Sidney Sidney Lumet and Steven Spielberg. The fact that it won, I think, is a testament because it beat some good competition. So I think it it, it works for you. It it works against me picking it because I was just being selfish and being like, oh, I'm a Steven (laughs) Steven Spielberg stan. Boo, Gandhi. I'm going E.T. But... If you look, I mean, it beat some good movies. I mean, even Ben Kingsley beat Dustin Hoffman, Jack Lemmon, Paul Newman, and Peter O'Toole. Like it's a that's stacked year. That's just such a stacked year. So I, I, I think because of the competition it beat, and because of the amount of awards it got, I, I think it has to go to Gandhi. I won't argue with you there. It's a, it's I, a hell I, of I a hate thing to, to have it, on but... your mantle, eight Oscars. I gotta go with it. I mean, I, I like the favorite. Woo! I, I have one. Do. I have one Oscar, just like the favorite, but. <laughs> Eight Oscars is hard to compete with. If I have eight of these, I'm the winner. But yeah, you had eight of them. That there's no, even the impact. Just yeah, people talk about Gandhi. He said, what story. argument could I make? Yeah, and again, it's just time. Gandhi's yeah come, been uh, decades to still be one of the biggest winning Best Picture winners. The favorite didn't do that, and it's been a few years, and now I feel like the favorite's not as much in the cycle of talk right now in film verse and film discussion, but who knows? Um, Anyway, let's move on to the last one, see if I can get maybe one more point on the board or if Crosby's going to get this four to one. Um, Netflix and Checks Mix rewatchability. I'll just say it outright. The favorite is a hard film to watch, but I think because it is so layered and it's so rich and so Mm -hmm. steamy and kind of like, like, um, I don't know the right word, but it's it's, it's like moody. It's like you want to kind of watch it, even though it's dark and twisted. It's like, it's this like is a movie Fargo. I would right. I would recommend yeah. it to new people who have never seen it and be like, you you should watch the favorite. It's like it's cool. It's like cool. totally. Oh, that's a great way to describe yeah. it. That is such a good way. Yeah, it's cool. Like yeah. that's how you describe it. Yeah, it's a cool queen movie. Like who? And I'm not talking Bohemian Rhapsody Queen. I'm talking like Monarch. <laughs> like, it's a cool Monarch royal movie. Like you want a True, world leader yeah. movie? I'll show you the coolest, darkest, sexiest 
favorite you know like exactly. well because that's the thing right it's it's a it's also like it's a great like date movie you know like yeah. the favorite like that's a cool movie to watch gandhi is an incredible movie not a cool movie <laughs> it's good for like a history class but not for oh, you know good, like let's good for an actor if you're right. like man how does ben do all this mm-hmm. but it's really long yeah. <laughs> it's it's also and and like you say where the favorite is hard to watch it it's hard to watch and that's kind of the point you know what i mean like it's it's a movie that is so honest in the human character at mm-hmm. times that it's genuinely disturbing a little like parasite right. where you <clears throat> watch it and you're just like oh god like oh mm-hmm. it's more you intriguing know? than it is enjoyable Exactly, exactly. Similar to a lot of Coen Brothers films like Lady Killers and Fargo. Um, But (laughs) I think the thing about Gandhi is it's like three hours long. You know what I mean? Like Gangs of New York, like some others that I've brought up in the past. Yeah. Three hour movies are not very rewatchable because you watch it and then you're like, wow, that was a big chunk of time. And through that chunk of time, I learned all about Gandhi. I don't need to learn about Gandhi again. <laughs> you know what I right, mean? Like, yeah. I'll watch it again, certainly, in, like, another year when I've forgotten. But, like, the facts, the figures, the journey are pretty straightforward. Yeah. And it's really Ben Kingsley's performance that pulls you in and keeps you there for three hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather go back maybe and watch, like, clips of Ben Kingsley and his stuff, exactly. but I wouldn't want to sit down and watch the whole thing over and over again, whereas The Favorite, also, you have three main characters, so while it is Queen True. Anne's story, you could watch it in Abigail's lens and then watch it in Sarah's lens and then watch mm-hmm. it in Queen Anne's lens or watch totally. it in even the supporting characters, like Nicholas Holt's character's lens. Like, look at it at different characters' points of view because it is an ensemble piece, as much as Olivia Coleman's the lead. I mean, all three actresses are giving such good work, and even as Absolutely. an actor study, it's not like Ben Kingsley, where it's like this one performance you can study. It's like, you have so True, many yeah. to study. So I think that that also works for its rewatchability, for sure. That's a good point. I Yeah, I think we gotta give this one to the favorite. I mean, come cool. on now. So there we go, Crosby. So Woo! it ends up being a 3-2 fight, but Crosby, you have won this film off. You are the leader of world leaders. Uh, World domination. What is the best movie about a world leader? Crosby brought Gandhi to the table. I brought the favorite. Uh, Performance of said leader, Ben Kingsley. Unfortunately, well, fortunately for Crosby. I won't say unfortunately because I'm talking from my perspective. But um, (laughs) it's unfortunate that both of them couldn't both win. But Ben Kingsley did take the cake there. Historical accuracy, also Gandhi, because, you know, we didn't really know for sure the details of Queen Anne's relationship. But that's what makes it special, but not for this film off. And then uh, real world impact, we did go with... um, we went Did with we the with... favorite, actually. We went with because... the favorite, yeah. Because yeah, of... because of the influence it had on film at that time. Yes, and yeah. the themes uh, brought up. And the Mantelpiece Award obviously went to Gandhi with eight awards. And then Netflix and Chex McScale went to the favorite as a more rewatchable film. So if you watch it and then watch it again, let us know what you thought. Um, yeah. So there cry? we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, it's deep. It's depressing. Both these movies are pretty deep. But yeah. uh, overall, a solid film fight. The winner is... Gandhi, congratulations, Crosby, you've won this oh, film thank off. thank you, thank you, I appreciate yeah. it, it's an honor just to yeah. be nominated. You know? Yeah, well, speaking of nominated, let's see what our friends nominated over this on Instagram. This is our favorite part of the show. <laughs> oh, obviously, because we get to talk about movies that we didn't even think of. I have oh, not yes. read these yet, I have not read these yet, because 
I didn't want to, because sometimes it's fun to just be surprised on air. So let's no, see. Joy, this is the part of the show where we realize there are movies we forgot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is a shorter list. I believe we only have two, four, six, eight, nine responses. So not All a right. ton, but you know, it is what it is. Um, Angel.Tramp said, Film Brain says Vice, but in another message said, but my heart says King's Speech. So there was my backup there. Those are um, two very good choices. Yep. Vice, another cool new one. Uh, another cool one, you know. No, but, um, oh yeah, totally. Webb says, Jackie. Wow, look at that. Hey, um, I go. know she, I know she's not a world leader, but like, goddamn, it's a brilliant lesson in dramaturgy wow. and dialect. So there we go. Dialect. Yeah, exactly. Um, Lily said Vice. Absolutely. Sure. Um, Chris said The Queen. That's a good okay. film with uh, Helen Mirren. Lily said King's Speech. Uh, ben said Lincoln. He's a Spielberg fan there. Okay. Um, this is interesting. J.S. Davis said Billy Joel. Billy Joel? Billy Joel. So I don't know if that's a movie that I've never heard of or <laughs> if, if they just there's, maybe... There's a concert you're referencing. Maybe or, or just like... Here. Maybe Billy Joel's a world leader to them and they're just the supreme... He leads uh, my heart in song. And, and lastly, this is a very interesting choice. I didn't think of this movie, and I've never actually seen this movie, but I know yeah. about the conversation. Kelsey says Seth Rogen's The Interview, which is the I movie that the interview, and that that's got a good choice pulled out of theaters because it was apparently going to create nuclear warfare between yeah, Korea. Yeah, exactly. You gotta, you know, you gotta give a shout out to the people making satire out there. They're the artists putting their necks on the line. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of great choices there. Uh, I think Truly. that pull, you know, it's hard because you know, world leader movies, like we said, a lot of them are epics. A lot of them are long. A lot of them are like yeah. history and class not movies. So big in our generation too, right? <laughs> So, uh, but I do think this next topic might get a little bit more talking. I'm excited. Um, Crosby, we're in the midst of uh, NBA finals right now. Oh, we're recording right. this. We're recording I'm this. Recording the game right now. <laughs> right. Uh, so I don't. I won't tell you a score update. Then I was just about don't, to say don't it. You do, don't you do I will it, not. Dill. I will not. I will not. But we got uh, Bucks Suns. I will not. I didn't even look at the score yet. Who Who are you going for? Honestly, I think I got the Suns. I think okay, I me got too. the Suns this year. Me too, just because I'm a Nets fan and the Bucks took out the Nets and then their best player got injured. So they I was did. like, you know what? Come on, Durant, your foot was on the line. <laughs> His foot oh my god, dude. That was that was heartbreaking. That was, that was heartbreaking. Incredible. If he had just worn shoes that were a little snugger to his foot, it would have been a three pointer, they would have won the game, which Literally. is just crazy to me. Yeah, wow. Well, you um, might have guessed from, from our conversation. <laughs> and and because Space Jam 2 is coming out next week as well, yes. we are going to be doing best basketball movie. So, Woo! or favorite basketball dribble, movie. Dribble. Let's you know, go. Um, Crosby, there are a lot to choose from. There are some good documentaries. There are good animated movies like Space Jam, like we said. There's some uh, just really good dramas. There's some good comedies yeah. about basketball. And then there are movies that have basketball not maybe at the forefront but just like as a solid part of it like maybe i was just about i was thinking that that's what i was thinking of when i would say that i was like yeah i mean it counts so feel free to use it (laughs) i mean it will be in my top five of consideration that's for sure Uh, i don't (laughs) know if i'll bring me i don't give a fuck (laughs) i don't i might not bring it to the conversation but but you've tempted me now maybe i will if if enough people want to see me argue if enough people want to see me fight High School Musical, comment below. I will do it. If enough people want to see it, I will try to get wow. my film off win for High School Musical because uh, I just lost. I might win. I might lose two in a row, but I will go go swinging. Um, 
Crosby, are you excited for basketball? I, I'm excited to talk about basketball movies and just basketball in general. I am too. I think, yeah, I think it's going to be great. I think we're probably going to go off on tangents about Dr. J and yeah. I look forward to it. Yeah. And there's one, there's one thing that is not really a movie. It is a series. Uh, the, um, what was it called? The one on ESPN, the last dance oh, last with Michael dance? Jordan. Yeah. It was awesome. I loved it, but we're going to keep it to movies only, but okay. that is That's one like I wanted to bring up hours. now. <laughs> Watch it because it is amazing. Um, yeah, it's really good. That's but, like the yeah. Celtics-Lakers documentary. That's also off the table. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, it, it's just going to be fun to talk about basketball movies yes. and then the sport itself. We can talk a little bit about the finals, too. And maybe it'll be over by then. Maybe there'll be Who a sweep. Uh, or maybe we're going to be we'll in, like, game takes, seven no going way. in. Um, yeah, we'll have some time to chat basketball. It'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> um, who's your team, Crosby? Your Clippers? Oh, the Kings, baby. I'm a Sacramento Kings, Kings fan. So I'm That's right. <laughs> right. But during this playoff, you've been sporting the Clippers? Oh yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. basically. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. I'm I'm a Nets fan, so it'll be fun to see. Maybe I'll wear my Nets gear uh, Do next it. week. Wear some Nets gear. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll battle it out. Play some basketball. <laughs> verbal oh, basketball. Back verbal and forth. basketball. Um, that's what this podcast is. <laughs> right, Crosby. Where can they find you on the internet? They can find me on Instagram at Crosby J Rosa. Where can they find you, Dill? You can find me on the internet at Twitter and Letterbox at Dylan underscore Randazzo. Got a lot of reviews on Letterbox. I've been writing. I've been slacking a little bit. I got to catch up for the past week because I've been watching a ton of shit in preparation for this and other stuff. Um, Dill Pickle Movie Network. Check me out here on this show twice a month. Um, we were going to do like first and third Friday, but really it's just a matter of our own schedules and just whenever yeah. we can get them done. We will get two shows two shows a month for you. That's that's as Woo. basic as we can get it. Um, Marvelous Movie Mondays every Monday. We're talking Loki right now. We're in the midst of Loki, almost at the end of Loki. Um, and uh, you will get, be getting a Black Widow review as well on Monday. Uh, the new MCU film, the first MCU film back in theaters, you'll be getting that's a review wild. for it. Yeah, crazy. Can't wait to be back. Um, everyone, thank you so much for watching. Until next time, Crosby and Dylan signing off. Pass you the ball for next week. Ah.